So I say all that because today's title is Grace Through Opportunity, okay? And for the past, I guess, week or so, um, we had a project we were working on, and I reached a point to the project where I just just was not graced in. (laughs) I went screaming like a spoiled child to Jesus and said, if you gave me this opportunity, I I do not know what to do with this. (laughs) And I was just like overwhelmed. And, 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 and I just started a process with the Lord, you know, I'm very transparent about my life. I don't try to make it seem like I got it all together because I don't, but I walk with him and I let him teach me through the process of opportunity that he'll grace me in certain areas for certain seasons even in the stretching, you guys think you are stretched? Like <laughs> we get stretched too. The stretching never will stop until you get to heaven and you're with the Lord. The stretching will always be there because we, we keep going. Glory to glory doesn't always just mean like, oh, we're in the glory. It means that <laughs> the encounter of glory is a process with your growth inside of who you are. And so I'm going through this process, and I'm just like, Jesus, I can't do this. Like, it's just so difficult. I I am not a techie person. I never have been. I don't pretend to be. I have an iPad, and the phone I have is because my family's like, you need this, Mom. This is (laughs) – I probably wouldn't even have a phone, honestly. But my family's like, you need this, Mom. You, It's just so much easier. And I've discovered that it is easier because, you know, I'm a person that tries to make things hard sometimes. And I've discovered it does <laughs> – it's the stubbornness in me. <laughs> I'll handwrite everything. <laughs> Why? When you could just type it in two minutes instead of writing everything. That's how I process. <laughs> but <laughs> so so I'm not a techie person. And then I have this project that went from the beginning to another section of techiness. And I was like, no. <laughs> and so I had to go to my husband and I was like, you have to help me. <laughs> because I don't understand anything about this. And I just started pulling on grace. And I just was like, God, I know you gave me this opportunity. I need your grace in this process that you'll grace me to finish out well. And so when opportunities come, those are moments that we have with the Lord to pull on grace. Because if he's giving you the opportunity, then he's also sending grace that you would have grace, favor, and and just... Um, Grace is, is the spontaneous, let me say this again, the spontaneous unmerited gift of the divine favor from the Lord. And so I saw this as a blessing and I was like, God, I know this is you trying to bless my family, but in that process, it's just so difficult. <laughs> just send your grace to grace me to, to follow through with this. So I just wanted to share that tidbit, you know. We're so afraid to show our weaknesses sometimes, but why? Because our, in our weaknesses is where the strength is at. 
That's where the strong part of who you are is at is in your weaknesses. And the enemy has made you feel like a failure at times when you're at your weakest state in your mind or, or as a person. But that's not what the Lord does with weakness. The Lord grabs your weakness and shifts it for you and makes it your strength. He really does. So don't be afraid of your weaknesses or talking about your weaknesses or talking about the struggles you have because that's your strength right there. That's the very key to the next thing God wants to take you to. But you don't want to say anything about it or, own, or be um, humble in it. That humility hits your heart to share in your weakness in those moments that that's where your strength really pulls from. And so um, another uh, translation of grace is divine favor, goodwill, that which gives joy, <laughs> that which is a free gift. It's an undeserved gift of God. <laughs> the God is the, the greatest of God's gifts of grace, his son, Jesus Christ. That's a perfect representation of grace for us. And so, um, so <laughs> in this process, I was just like, Lord, I was like, I know you're in this with me. I'm just going to keep giving it to you. Thursday night, we came in here. And nobody knew, like, I was dealing with all this other stuff. And we come in here Thursday, and I hear the Lord just say, he's like, give it to me. Give it all to me. <laughs> Give it all to me. <laughs> all the stuff you're carrying, all, all your weakness, everything that you're holding on to, just give it to me. And I, in that process, if you were here Thursday night, this joy came in, and I felt such a breakthrough come in the door. And this incredible joy came in. Like, you know, I had people come up to me after service, and they were like, Whenever we said that in the atmosphere, something busted open inside of me, and I began to feel joy. And I was like, God, that's your grace. Like, like the, this as we were talking before about the joy, um, that which gives joy. His grace in your life brings joy to you. The one thing that I kept processing was like, not every opportunity is from God. And I think that's something we don't talk enough about. <laughs> that's how we get ourselves in areas in our life that we're not supposed to be at. And I think that was part of my message this morning was like, not, not every opportunity is of the Lord. You see it as of the Lord because it's, it might be feeding a part of your soul that you need in your life that's sometimes attached to pride. And I'm just being very real, okay? Um, <laughs> and there's parts of us still that God's working on. So because, let's, I'll just give you an example. If I'm afraid of being in poverty and I need money and an opportunity comes for me to make crazy amount of money, okay? I got to process with the Lord if that's him or not. Because that I've had friends that they'll have positions like promotions with greater money come to them 
and they were never supposed to touch it. And just before that came to them, the Lord came and spoke to them of something for them to do, like to move to another state type stuff, okay? And all of a sudden, at the same time God spoke to them, here comes an opportunity. And I wanted to talk about this because I wanted to help you in your process of opportunities and grace working together in your life because not every opportunity is of God. I've heard people say, God, this, God, that, God. And I understand God blesses. I'm not saying he doesn't bless. But the timing and the seasons right now are so important. And... um. And I wanted to talk about that because um, they thought it was an opportunity of God. They jumped on it. And when they jumped on it, now, don't process your own life through this, okay? (laughs) I made a mistake. I repent, Jesus. (laughs) I'm just, if you've processed with God and you feel peace in it, then it's the Lord. But if you just took it, straight off as an opportunity of God and didn't process it with the Lord, then sometimes opportunities, not all the time, are of God. And let me tell you how you can identify it. This is just a quick, some quick nuggets here. If it pulls you away from the Lord, if you're just so busy with your work, so busy with whatever it is God's giving you the opportunity that now you're not spending time with Jesus that now you're not you're not pray, praying anymore that now all your all that's in your mind now is that then it's not the Lord if that is where you're at right now then just shift it and change it just shift it and change it it's a simple fix But anything that um, changes your character, and I'm just being real, if it changes your character where you change your attitude and the way that you are, like all of a sudden pride steps in, and now I'm a big shot at my job, and I make all this money and all this stuff. Oh, yeah, I have a corporation. I have a business, blah, blah, blah. Then that's not the Lord because the Lord is not going to give you something that's going to change your character. If, if it feeds a part of your soul and your flesh more than it gives glory to God, then it's not the Lord. I'll be transparent, okay? This is the old Alice. Let me put a little thing on here. <laughs> Disclaimer before I get all kinds of emails. <laughs> we had a business we paid a lot of money and in that process it changed me because I was becoming like the people that I was around and you have to understand the way that I grew up in my family was always about money it was always about money it was always always about the car you drove it was always about the house you had everything was about what you had And my family has become very prideful because of that. I can't be in a phone call with my brother without him telling me how much he's made, how uh, brand new his car is, and how nice of a house he owns. Because those are the things that come out of his mouth. Because that's 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 what it's about for them. Well, that was what I was around my whole life. 
So when I was around that again, people that had a lot of money and did well with their lives, not that, I'm not saying people of God cannot do well and have businesses. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm saying that if it feeds a certain part of your soul that becomes to pull on something that you were never meant to become with the Lord, then you need to go back to the drawing board and you need to process with the Lord and say, God, help me. I don't want to become prideful. I don't want to change my character of who you want me to be because of this opportunity. And so you have to keep going to God and say, God, keep me humble. Keep, I always tell people, I've been at the highest part of my life in the natural, I'm saying. And I've been at the lowest part of my life with nothing. And those highs and those lows have added to my attitude and prideful areas in my life where I should have never been. And so I've learned from that. Because as quick as you get something is as quick as you can lose it. And I've learned that the hard way. I'm just being transparent. So I always just stay with the Lord and process with the Lord, whether I'm high or low in my life. Because if I don't do that, the enemy will come in and bring opportunities to me that I was never supposed to entertain or I was never supposed to do. So I, I, I process it, and I say, God, is this pulling me away from you? If it's, is it so much in my life more than you are, and there's no balance? If I'm focused more on this than I am you, then I need to reprocess things. I need to shift some things. I have to move some things around in my life because I have to put him first with everything, And we can't just worship him in our lows or when we've lost things. We have to worship him when we have our highs, when we have our blessings. That cannot change. You should be at the same area, regardless in the natural, where you're at at financially and whether you have or don't have. Why? Because you thank him for the good. You thank him for the bad. You know, even bad in our process is not even bad. We see things as bad, but really it's the Lord protecting us. It's him coming in and his hand in there, not allowing us to go to certain things and have certain things on purpose because he knows we couldn't handle it. We would not be a good steward of it. It would change our personalities and our character for him. And he's like, no, I can't. If I, if, I, if I give you all this, it will change you. You will go back to the ways of the world. And you will not thank me in that. And I will not get the honor and the glory for your life in that. So I've learned from that. James 4 6 talks about, but he gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We've got to stay in our humility. You know, I've seen people get prideful about their gift. When they've gotten revelation from the Lord, I can go and I can see it on media, how the, how the person talks, how the person carries themselves with their revelation and their dreams and their interpretations and all this stuff. And I can see where they're at in their flesh and their soul. Because 
It's sad to say, but the very thing that they struggled with in the natural in the world is the very things that sometimes will seep into the kingdom things if you have not dealt with them. And so some things have to be <laughs> processed through. I remember we were in Texas this last time. I said, people are afraid of process. It's not that God doesn't want to give you more. It's that sometimes we hold back the process of him letting, letting him come in and clean up our garden sometimes and uproot things from us, you know? And so, I mean, I was, the way I was raised was so, my parents didn't, didn't know the Lord like that. And so I had to pull those roots out and I had to process things differently. You know, my dad was all about making money. My dad was a hard worker. My mom was a hard worker. They were like, we will not be in poverty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I took those moments and I was like, man, that's, I, I, I take those, the good of that and I apply it to the kingdom now. And I'm like, now I'm good. I'm, I can't give up. I can't give up. The, the perseverance part of that, of who they were, not knowing God, I had to apply it to my own life for the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God, now I can't give up. I can't turn around and go back. I There's perseverance that they helped build inside of me. I remember I would call my mom on my bad days, and I would say, Mom, I'm just so tired, and I'm this, this, and I would just, you know, complain to her. And she would say, no, you can't give up. You have to be strong, mija. You have to be strong, and you have to keep going. Don't let those things bring you down. You know, but my mom, she had this amazing strength in her that I always relied on when she was alive. And I could call her, and I know I knew that I would be strengthened not with her prayer, and I would be strengthened with what she responded to me in the time of my weakness. And when they passed away, the Lord says, now you have to depend on me 100%. I'm the one you have to come to for your strength. When you want to give up and you need perseverance or you need something, you got to bring it to me. And I'll help you process those situations, and I'll bring you the strength. And I'll tell you the things of heaven that will help motivate you to keep running your race. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, but by grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without uh, effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. It's his grace that keeps you. Doesn't mean we work any less. But it just means that his grace is with us. This is Paul talking here. Let's go, let's pull that up real quick because it was, you have to understand Paul's heart and where he was coming from. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. He's talking about the resurrection of Christ here. And he's talking about, now brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received on, which you have taken your stand by this gospel you're saved. You hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, 
and that he ap appeared in Cephas, and then the 12, <laughs> after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of them are still living. Though some have fallen asleep, then he appeared to James, then to all, uh, all the apostles, and the last of all he appeared to also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles. This is him in humility. We know how awesome Paul was. But this is where he talks about his weakness, and this where the strength came from. For I know I am the least of the apostles, and I do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. In other words, he took heed to the grace in his life. And how much grace God poured on him that even though he came against the church and he murdered and all these things he was a part of, he understood grace very well. And then he goes on to say, he says, now I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. He's saying there, I'm going to give the honor and glory to God because if it wasn't for his grace, even though I worked hard, it was his grace that was with me through every step of the way. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach, and this is what you believed. We have to, we have to preach about that. We have to talk about the grace of God and how deep the grace of God is. That it's not by our works it's not by our strength. It's not the things that we do. It's, but it's because of his grace that we're able to do what we do. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I say that verse all the time in my life. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon you. Why he, he says two things here. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. This is the Lord, right? For my power is made perfect in weakness. But we run away from our weaknesses, right? But the power is there. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Why do we talk about the weaknesses? So the power of God can rest upon you. Because you're pulling from humility, such deep humility. They say Jesus Christ knew humility the best because he was on the cross half naked. He was naked on the cross, all beaten up. So what are we afraid of in our weaknesses if Christ did it on the cross for us? Do you understand what I'm saying? We always talk about going low. That's part of going low. That there's power in our weaknesses. That we should talk about it. Be transparent about it. Not make it seem like because of our gifting or revelation or dreams we have that we're this powerful, untouchable person when that's not true. 
There's still weaknesses inside each and every one of us. But God wants to use those weaknesses to function power out of that place of weakness that he can rest upon you. Why? Because you, go, you give it back to him. God, I'm going to come back to you in my weakness. And then he says, okay, let's do an exchange. Give me your weakness and I'll give you some power. Give me your weakness and I'll give you some authority on some things on the earth. Give me your weaknesses, the stuff you're struggling with, the trials, the storms we were even singing about this morning through worship. Give me those things, your weaknesses, the stuff you're struggling with, and let me do an exchange with you that I will use even that. I will use even your weakness to preach and to minister to people. When you pull from that place, I remember Smith Wigglesworth would do that. He would always come to the pulpit and talk about all the things he did wrong. He would always start off with his weaknesses. And then Holy Spirit would show up in power. And if you know his ministry, you knew that his ministry, if there's anything that could talk about Smith Wigglesworth or ministry, was the power that electricity would come out of him. He would touch people and they would fly across the room. And they would be healed. And people would freak out in the services and say, you killed him. You killed this person. But they weren't dead. He's like, he would move on to the next person. The person would be laid out. They thought the person was dead. And then because the power was so strong with Smith Wigglesworth, the Lord used him powerfully. And then here comes this zolt that would come through him from heaven. And they would, like, people freaked out, and they're like, you killed this person. And then he knew by the Spirit of the Lord they weren't dead. He knew they were going to get up and walk and be healed. So then he got, <laughs> they would get up, and they would be healed. And then and, and the people were like, wow, they, you didn't kill them. They're, they're healed. This is the process the Lord was taking them to bring healing to them. <laughs> so there is power in our weaknesses. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We can't boast and make it all about us. When I come to God, I come to him like at my lowest, because there's nobody greater than him. I don't care how many trips to heaven I have. I don't care the revelation I have. I don't, there is nothing or nobody that will come greater than him. And if you keep remembering that in your mind, the Lord comes and he elevates you. And he gives you those things when you're ready for them. The Lord was talking to me about that this morning because I'm a person that where me and my husband, we've always been people that wherever we go, we want to take everybody with us. <laughs> like, if we're going to eat, everybody's going to eat. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes when you're a mom and a dad in the spirit to people, you want that so bad for them.
But I had to repent this morning because there was times that I pushed people in an area where they weren't graced for. And the enemy came in and robbed so bad in their lives that I saw it this morning. And the Lord began to remind me, he says, you were graced for that situation, but they weren't. They still were not mature in their spirit to understand what God was doing in that moment, that all they, they entertained was the voice of the enemy and not my voice. So grace is extremely important in your life. There's things you're graced to do, and there's things that you're not graced to do for times and seasons. It doesn't mean that you'll never do them. There's a timing and there's a season for every part of your life. If God would have put me in Ohio when I first came to know him, I would have quit a long time ago. I'm just being transparent. I would have been like, heck no, I didn't sign up for this. I'm going back to Texas. <laughs> but there was something that was built in me and my family throughout the years of walking with the Lord that we could stand and then grace came to help us. We were talking about the winds coming underneath us this morning, the last song we sang this morning. And that, to me, is part of grace. It's when you don't have your own energy anymore to go on. But the winds of heaven come and blow underneath your wings to continue to keep you moving, even when you don't have the own strength in your body to go. That's grace to me. Romans 6, 14, for sin <clears throat> will not have dominion over you since you're not under the law anymore, but you're under grace. I read in the Old Testament, I'm like, <laughs> I have this conversation with Pastor Judy because they have a farm. And on a farm, it's natural. You raise things and guess what? They get on your plate. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm nowhere against that. <laughs> Let me put a disclaimer. I'm a steak person, so I'm not against that. <laughs> but for me to have to do something like that, I couldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be graced to do it. <laughs> I'll have others do it, but I won't do it. But you look at the Old Testament and some of the things they had to do as a representation before Christ came. And I don't think a lot of us could do it. <laughs> so do you understand how grace is so powerful <laughs> that we don't have to do those things anymore in our generation? That through the cross, the grace that was in, in the blood, in the, in the cross process, that we don't have to do those things anymore that they used to do back then? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just a powerful thing. Hebrews 4.16, let us then with confidence, I'll say this again, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. It is the throne of grace 
that you need to have an experience with. When we had Darren Canning here, I had this experience in the Lord. And I've never seen it like this before. And um, I had always gone to the throne of the Lord. But in the process of going to the throne, I've seen the steps. And that's as far as I've gone. But this particular time, I went past the steps and I went to where the rainbow went around the throne of God. And when I stepped into that place of such deep promise from God, I had an understanding very different of the Lord. Because there's promises that have been spoken over our lives before we were on earth. And because of those promises, I began to see a vault begin to open up. And I'll just share the pieces that I'm allowed to share with you. But when that vault opened up, there was such a wind that came in that vault. And it was like papers in there, written papers that God had written of our lives for our purpose and our destiny that we have not yet seen or touched. We think some of us were done. I'm just going to go to church and be a good servant. And God's like, no, in that vault, there was greater things for you to do that will surpass your mind. You can't figure it out. If you look at the teachings of people with grace, grace is one of the things people could never figure out with Christ. They didn't understand the depths of it. They didn't understand how grace works because it's spontaneous. If it's spontaneous, how are you going to figure it out? He will grace you in the seasons and the times of your life of what he has you doing for that moment. And I began to see this thing open up, and I began to see that there's promises that have already spoken over your life. And they're going to come to pass. There's so many people. You can look at it even. There's things that God's already embedded inside of you for your purpose and your destiny that you haven't even discovered or seen inside yourself. There's things there that you will become in greatness that you yourself can't believe you will be there. And if God were to show it to you, you'd probably be scared about it. Because greatness for people that have never been taught about being great in their lives is scary to them. So that's why he only gives us bits and pieces through revelation and showing us bits and pieces. Because if he gave it all to you one day, you would be so overwhelmed, you probably wouldn't get off the floor. So he just lets you in to take sneak previews of your purpose and your destiny to keep you wanting more of him to come closer to the throne of grace. If we lose that moment of coming to the throne of grace and continually coming to the throne of grace, then you will never, ever get to that place where you're supposed to be with him because 
you won't keep feeding your spirit and being led of the Holy Spirit for your purpose and your destiny. That's why you say yes. Because he's sending things to your life even at this moment that you have no understanding of, but you know it's God. You know, you have your moments like, I just know it's God. I just know it's God. I just know it's God. Don't reject it. Don't reject it anymore. Just do it. Just step into it. We've been having prophetic class. Just do it. Just do it. I'm a person who loves to look at the history of people's lives. When we had Radio or Jesus, that was what our youth did. We would tell our youth, we know who these people are. We know they have a big name now. We know they're very successful in ministry. Some of them are generals of the faith. But I, we don't want to know that part. <laughs> we want to know the beginning. We want to know when they struggled. We want to know when they had a hard time, what did they do? We want to know how God made a way where there was no way. We want to know how God moved the chess pieces in their life to position them where they were supposed to be to get to this very moment right here on the radio to talk about Jesus. This is what we want to know. And they would go back and dissect their lives from the beginning, not where they were famous and they had a name and everybody knew who they were, when they didn't have a name, when they were in the process of being built in the Lord to get to where they were at now. And I loved to hear the stories because it was the stories that changed my life. It was those moments where they were in another country and they were about to be slaughtered and killed. And all of a sudden, God sends a taxi to them for them to jump into to go somewhere else so they can be in safety because they were discovered that they were handing out Bibles in the streets. It was those moments that I understood that the purpose and destiny God's put in us is way bigger than we could ever know. And the opportunities that come through the kingdom of God. Part of it is positioning, though. You have to allow the God to position you and not let other things come before what he's called you to do in your life. Things are going to come your way. And they're going to look good. They're going to look like God, I promise. Apostle Pete has shared before, everywhere we would travel to, oh, you're called to be here. I just see you packing your bags and coming. My kids know it. My kids were there every time. Take us to the green room. We have a building for you. We want you to open up a Spanish-speaking church. <laughs> It was a great idea. It probably would have been fruitful. Because God makes us fruitful as kings and priests. But I knew at that moment that was not where God wanted us to be. That was not what he wanted us to do. That was not on his agenda for that timing and season in our lives. We were not ready. 
We were not ready. There were things still God had to do inside of us to prepare the way inside of us that one day we would be, but not at that moment. 4.1, it's Hebrews 4.1 says, Now the promise of entering into God's rest is still for us today. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. Part of his rest is being positioned and doing what he's telling you to do. Have you ever noticed that there's a power struggle inside of you when you don't want to do what he says to do? You'll stay up all night and wrestle with it. And you're like, God, I can't sleep. You won't leave me alone, Jesus. <laughs> you're saying to do this, but I don't want to do it. You have no rest. Because you haven't understood to step into the promise he has for you. To be positioned and to be at the very place he wants you to be and to do the very thing he wants you to do. That's why the rest is not there. But as soon as you say yes and you step into that piece of the puzzle in your life that you're supposed to put in place. See, it gives you the piece, but it's up to you to put it there. He's like, here's your next piece. But you have to say yes and you have to position yourself and you have to put the, the puzzle piece there. But some of you hold on to it for so long and never stepped into the advancement of where he wants you to be. That's why when they talk about acceleration, when acceleration comes in the house, he's, he's not <laughs> accelerating because he can. He's accelerating all the things that you haven't moved according to his spirit that now an acceleration has to come in the spirit to kind of push us where we're supposed to be already. That's what acceleration is. It's not like God is miraculous. You know, it is supernatural. But what I'm saying is that he's taking all the times you struggled and didn't do it, and he's pushing you up to the now time to put you back in his timing and his season and where you were supposed to be already. But we see it as acceleration. You're like, God accelerated me. No, God took all your weaknesses and the times you said no and pushed you to where you're supposed to be. I just feel such acceleration in the spirit. Well, you had a long ways to come, honey. There's like miles for some of us. Hey, I'm part of it. <laughs> you know, it, w it was funny because our process of things sometimes in our life, we always see it negatively. But really, it's not. <laughs> it's really a good thing for us. <laughs> um, I heard somebody say something. And I'll just give a little tidbit of this because I, I was in prayer about this this morning. But, um, but you know, this whole, we, we had our building in Bryan at one time. 
And we knew, I mean, they told us other things, <laughs> but we knew that the reason, the whole reason why was because of some laws and things they wanted to implement there in the town. That's why we were kind of pushed out of there. And at the time, you know, when you get news like that, you're like, Lord, did we miss something? Did we? I'm just being transparent. This is our weaknesses, okay? And Apostle Peter shared on this. But I thought about it this morning, and, I, and, and my son was down there last night, and there was all kinds of activities going on down there last night, and it was not good activities. And... Um, I started processing with the Lord because I could literally agree with that, that evil. I call it evil because it is evil. Um, there's a lot of things there that shouldn't be there, spiritually speaking, not just in the natural. I'm not saying from a natural stance. I'm saying from a spiritual stance. But I was praying about it this morning. And I was like, God, three times I heard different people around different situations talk about this door thing. And I said, well, this is what the enemy wants us to focus on. Apparently, there was a breakout in defiance area about this Dora thing, and people, they couldn't control it, fights, all kinds of stuff, right? But I, I processed with the Lord this morning, and I said, God, what do you speak about this? If this is going to be a label in our towns, what are you saying about this? And he says, you know the name Dora, the biblical meaning of Dora is uh, is, it means gift or God's gift. And in the natural, we're like, <laughs> that doesn't look like God's gift. <laughs> but in the spirit, I started praying for the people to be wakened, awakened to see God's gift again. To see the gifts that lie inside themselves that they have gone for such counterfeit in their lives for sorcery and witchcraft and gems and crystals and all this stuff that they have not seen the gift of God and how God is a gift to them. And I just started praying over that this morning. I was like, we will not allow the enemy to come in and steal the gifts that God has given us. I believe it's even tied into the religion because a lot of the religious places here don't allow the gifts of God to function the way that they're supposed to. And when the gifts of God are bounded up and they cannot function and flow through the Holy Spirit, that's when the counterfeit comes in. That's when all these things manifest in the natural from the enemy that is not matched up with the kingdom. So pray with me that people begin to wake up again. We have that event coming up in October about the awakening. That's important, guys. If you haven't registered, register. This is not even about registration money. This is not, people can, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is about an opportunity we have to unite and come together that an awakening is going to come and hit. And it's not just for our towns or our state. It's a national awakening God is talking about in this hour. Our gathering together is not even. A, he will take us as people from this region and let it go through the airwaves. 
through media to bring the awakening. Most of the decisions they made with this Dora thing was about money. And money is the root of evil if you allow it to be. 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Ohio is supposed to be the heart of it all. What condition is the heart? That's why we have to process with God through grace our hearts. Because we will do the people out there no good if we do not allow God to process in our hearts and heal our hearts and to soften our hearts that even what we're doing here will impact those that have been deceived, that have made the money the root of all evil. I pray for the mayors. I pray for the people that are assigned to the area. That's what we are, a governmental house. A governmental house prays for the people that God has placed in authority, that they would wake up and they would see things the way that we're supposed to see them, and that grace would be upon them in those hard decisions that they make that they can see in the spirit and not just in money. Let's just stand this morning. God, we just thank you this morning. We ask you this morning, help us to understand grace, Lord. Help us to understand the depth of grace, Lord. That we don't even deserve grace, Lord. But because of what you did on the cross, Lord, for all of us, that you've extended grace to us in such a way, Lord, that every call, every promise of our purpose and our destiny, it will come to pass through the grace that you extend to us, Lord. That we take your hand this season, Lord, and you let, we let you, we just got, you get your hand and, and be led of you, Father. Let us be led of you, Lord, that nothing would be greater in our lives than you are, Lord. That we put you first again in our lives, Lord. That you help us even adjust our time. Adjust our time to match heaven, Lord. That even our time, we have an understanding that there has to be time set aside for you, Lord. We can't go on without giving time to you, Lord. If we do, the opportunities that are not from you, Lord, we will entertain them, Lord. And we don't want to entertain opportunities that are not from you, Lord. All we want is the opportunities that you give us, Father. 
All we want are the things that you send to us, Lord. We don't want the counterfeit. We don't want, we don't want the, the, the stuff that you never meant for us to have. God, help us and teach us to come closer to the throne of your grace, Lord. That we could get so close to your throne of grace, Lord, that we begin to see the promises you have for us in that throne of grace, Lord. For our sole purpose of our purpose and our destiny in our lives, Lord. God, if we need shifting in our lives right now, Lord, do the shifting for us, Lord. Because we are nothing without you this season, Lord. We need you in every step, every left turn, every right turn. No going backwards, Lord, but just moving forward in all that you have for us this season, Lord. Let our eyes begin to see, our ears begin to hear, Lord. And hear clearly, Lord, what you're speaking to us this season, Lord. That you would remove every distraction that has been there. Remove every whisper that is not of you, Lord. Every lie that is not of you, Lord, remove it right now, God. Recalibrate us. Recalibrate us this season, Lord. Recalibrate us that we're aligned with heaven this season, Lord. Recalibrate us, Lord, that we're aligned with heaven this season, Lord. There's a, a readjustment coming in our lives right now. And when the readjustment comes, do not be afraid or have fear. Because God is with you. Recalibrate us, Lord. In the areas, Lord, that we need it in, Lord. We just give you thanksgiving this, this afternoon, Lord. We thank you for every piece of the puzzle you're giving us this season, Lord. <laughs> and God, we ask that you give us strength to say yes in our spirit, not in our flesh, Lord. Our flesh will always speak something different, Lord. But in our spirit, Lord, you will cause us to continue to say yes even when we don't want it, Lord. I just see clarity. Some of you are going to see things very clear. to do with a recalibration 
It's like he's, he's going to show you some things. <laughs> and don't be offended with his will in your life. <laughs> you can be, you know. But don't be because his thoughts towards you every day are good. <laughs> so whatever recalibration he's doing in your life, it's for your good. It's for your good. <laughs> I have to say that again. It's for your good. It's for our good, Lord. It's for our good, Lord, that your goodness will fall upon us this afternoon, Lord. That even the changes and the shifting, God, that you're sending in this hour, God, are it's your goodness overflowing over us this afternoon, Lord. It's your goodness coming, Lord. Oh, help us to embrace it, Lord. Help us to embrace the goodness you send to us every day, Lord. That we could begin to move out of overflow again, Lord. Oh, let the overflow come in right now, Lord. Let our cups be filled this afternoon, Lord. Overfill our cups this afternoon, Lord. With more than enough, Lord. More than enough, Lord. Let it overfill, God. You just need to drink this afternoon. Just drink this afternoon. Just drink this afternoon. <laughs> oh, we drink of your goodness, Lord. We drink of your goodness, Lord. Oh, ribashita de broshiti. Oh, taste and see that he's good. <laughs> your breakthrough is tasting and seeing that he's good that's where your breakthrough's at this afternoon your breakthrough is tasting and seeing that he's good Shema <laughs> we thank you Lord for your for your grace, Father. For your grace that we walk in, we walk with you, Lord. We walk with you in the cool of the day, Lord. We walk with you in the cool of the day, Lord. That every step we take, Lord, is just being closer to you, Lord. To the throne of grace, Lord. We just keep walking towards your throne of grace this season, Lord. In deeper, deeper ways, Lord. That you have graced us for our purpose and our destiny in our lives, Lord. Everything you created to do, everything you told us to do in our lives, Lord, our purpose and our destiny is already inside of us, Lord. It's already inside of us, Lord. Just help us to see it, Lord. Help us to see the greatness you've put inside each of every one of us, Lord. That's all we see, Lord, 
is your hand inside of us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen.